Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. The spooky season is sadly coming to an end, and we just couldn't let it go without talking about one of the best parts of this time of year. Horror movies. Some are definitely better than others, and they're all meant to be fun, exciting, and sometimes bloody funny. So pull that blanket up over your head and get ready, because tonight, two random men discuss horror movies. So this evening, we are talking horror films. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's right here, almost Halloween. It's yeah. Halloween time. And man, there's a lot of subgenres and subsets of horror films. It's a pretty broad term. Uh, yeah. yeah. And we are in no way or shape or form experts on this. There's a lot of different YouTube channels. There's a lot of different podcasts that just specifically are aimed at horror film franchises. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, you know, there's so many different things that even if it is still like, say, this is a horror movie, this is a horror movie, okay? They're both kind of in the same genre, but someone might love this one and absolutely hate this for for a different reason. It might not necessarily be because the movie was, you know, was, was crap or anything like that. It might mm-hmm. be because somebody didn't like gore or they didn't like, you know, a monster flick or they didn't like different things like that. So I think it's so broad and so open but it's kind of fun, too, because it can get thrown into the same kind of idea. But even when it comes to a horror movie, it always I'm going to interject with some of the stuff that I know you're probably want to say first. But when I think of a horror movie, you typically think of people getting killed, something bad happening, gruesome stuff, whatever. What you don't think of is a lot of award winning stuff. And that's why very true. I'm going to interject early with a movie. And bring up Silence of the Lambs, which is a horror movie, but because it was so acclaimed and won so many awards and everything, they kind of didn't really market it as that. But if you think about it, that's a horror movie. That is a horror movie. Yeah. So I think it's kind of funny that you take some of these ones. Nowadays, it's getting more and more, you know, acceptable um, to where you can have a, a good, scary movie that can still be, you know, yeah, award winning. Like a Quiet Place. Yep. When it came, yeah. yeah. Quiet Place is a good example for that. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, Get Out was another good one, uh, you know, stuff like that. But mm-hmm. but it's funny because that was one of the first ones really that I can think of that was like, oh, it was so acclaimed and everybody loved it so much that they were like, oh, we're going to leave out that it's a horror movie. So anyway. And even there, it's it's arguable and more of, sub- I want to say it's subjective, like would something like Get Out and Psycho and Silence of the Lambs you might consider those to be suspense movies mm-hmm. rather than somebody would say a horror movie. Um, in the same token, Jaws would be an action film. True. But Very it's true. also a monster. It's a monster movie. Yeah. Monster movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it's anything, so, uh, just just about anything can fall into the category, but it can fall into so many other categories. And there's just so much that I think that's probably one of the big things too is at the end of the day, I still firmly believe that everybody has at least a shred in them that likes to be scared. Mm-hmm. We just talked about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm kind of curious, what are some of the things that you think are the key elements to a good horror movie? What I would look for in them, aside mm-hmm. from saying what we've been talking about, which uh, you got to have dead bodies. 
Yeah, there's got to be at least, yeah, one, at least mean, one kill. Because that's kind of the, the ultimate end, so there's got to be that finality to it. So there's got to there's got to have know, that mortal danger. Really thinking back on it now, maybe you don't even have to have even a single kill. It could just be one person chasing another person. Oh yeah, but you have to have movie. that idea that that's in that's that that's the, the end potential. Game. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the end game for one. Half there are plenty <laughs> people involved. Plenty of uh, really good horror movies that have very low kill counts. That's true. That is very true. So the body count doesn't doesn't have to doesn't have there. to factor into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, what are some of the other things that you think? That a good horror movie needs needs to have. What I look for is first off atmosphere, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be your stereotypical creepy haunted castle, haunted house, um, foggy woods. Yeah, because depending on where it's at, you can totally make it way more creepy depending on what the story is and what's going on. As long as it's a consistent atmosphere. I mean, think about Piranha. It's mm-hmm. bright and shiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. So as long as they have a consistent atmosphere with it, I. I I don't like things that kind of flip-flop back and forth. Now, if you're going mm-hmm. to subvert my expectations, that's fine. But don't be all over the place and messy. Like, you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah. Or um, don't have something that's so just, like, you're going to have a a sand creature when you're in the jungle. Like, I'm, that, what? No. You know, I mean, yeah, you can't do things that's that. Not unless just, they did it well. But I, I really like mm-hmm. atmosphere. Again, yeah. the thing. Yep. Alien. Mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. Yeah. They're at the lake. They're off and running with that atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The characters. You have to have... Okay, here's my thing. You have to have at least a character that you care about. Right. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean a quote-unquote good guy that you care about. Because there's a lot of horror movies that end up actually rooting for the bad guy. The main protagonist you don't like. Yeah. And it's a side character Mm -hmm. that you end up Mm -hmm. falling in love with even though they eventually Mm -hmm. get... They get whacked. <laughs> well, and you can usually watch just about any horror movie, especially one that is going to have a, a high body count. Um, you can kind of watch, and usually within the first 10, 50 minutes, you can pick out who's going to be the fodder. Yeah, sadly. <laughs> like, you're like, okay, that guy's not going to make it. Like, uh, no. And maybe, you know, maybe they surprise you because, hey, movies have evolved now and they want to do it. But yeah. Well, when they play with their expectations, like Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. Good. But you've got to have at least a character that you. Are rooting get, for that you that you're rooting for that you're vested in that you care about. But yeah, I I totally agree with that one. Yeah, I guess you could do other sorts of films that aren't horror, where all the characters are despicable and it's just you're watching the story. Mm. But in a horror film where the stakes are high and you want someone to root for, yeah, that's exactly what I mean by the characterization of of you got to have someone to root for. Thirdly, just like with cult movies, rewatchability. Oh yeah, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. If I'm going to enjoy a horror movie, I like the thrill ride of it. I want to show it to someone else. I want to mm-hmm. watch it again every year mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. repeat. Oh, yeah, because I know me and you, we definitely have ours around this time that we go back and we watch every year. Um, but there's a lot of other ones that I catch. I might catch on a, a different network or streaming service or something like that that I might haven't seen in a while. I'm like, oh, I'm totally watching that again, even though I've seen it you know, a hundred mm-hmm. times. So I, I get that. Um, one of my big things is I think at every point in a good horror movie, there has to be that point to where that character hits their low point, where it might be like hopelessness. The tragedy might just build enough to where finally they're about ready to break, snap, um, something like that. But then shortly after that, they hit their high point where they go, no, fuck it. I'm going to make it. 
I'm going to mm-hmm. figure it out. And a lot of times you think of uh, a lot of the, the final girl term mm-hmm. where you have, you know, the girl's probably been running around most of the movies, screaming, scared, doesn't know what's going on. And then she finally decides, now fuck this guy. I'm going to take him out. She flips the badass switch. Yep. yep at the last, exactly. The yeah. 11th hour. And it usually gets up until, you know, the last 15, 20 minutes before they finally, you know, just snap and go, okay, you know, either I'm just going to lay here and let, let, let them kill me or I'm going to fight back. And we say final girl. And before anybody gives us too much crap on this. The Hills Have Eyes had a final boy. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, the best final boy is Bruce Campbell. Oh. Think about it. The king. They actually said when they were recording, when they were, when they were making it, um, Sam Raimi correct? Mm-hmm. Um, said, he goes, I want to have a final boy that can scream just like any girl <laughs> and sit there and deal with the same thing where everything is just scaring the living shit out of him. He has no idea what's going on. It's just chaos. And uh, I think uh, Evil Dead nailed that. You want to talk about a movie, <laughs> a horror movie you don't want to fall into. You could watch a lot of them and go, I would have done that. I would have done this. Ooh, what? Evil Dead too. <laughs> Being locked mm. in that cabin. Yeah, exactly. He did about the best he could do. So, yeah, I think we'll get back uh, probably to Evil Dead here in a little bit because I got something else I want to say about it. But continuing with this whole thing. Um, what you got, bro? One of my other big things is I think every good horror movie needs to be set up in a way to where the viewer at least once or twice asks themselves, what would I do in that situation? No, that's every one of them. Yeah, it's got to be. Otherwise, you wouldn't care too much. But you got to be like, man, if I was in that. I think I would do this. And I think that then helps you get involved in the movie more because then you're like, oh, don't go down there. That's when you do the whole thing. We're like, don't go upstairs. Don't go down to the basement. Yeah. You know, don't go in the shed. <laughs> you're talking don't, to the don't character. Don't drop the knife after yeah. you've stabbed the You're talking the to the guy. character, telling them, you know, telling them what to do because you're like, I wouldn't do that. No, heck no, I'm not doing that. You know, so I think that's another big thing that has to be in a good horror movie to where you ask yourself throughout it, what would I do in that situation? It's funny as how... You're kind of trained watching horror movies to react in a certain way that when when you're caught in a situation with all the lights are out in the house, mm-hmm. you know, you hear a noise down the hallway, your mind plays tricks on you and goes through a hundred different scenarios and you're like, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be right back. Well, Don't say that. It's, I mean, me right now at this point, if I hear the scary weird sound down the dark hall and like, as long as, you know. <laughs> wife and kid aren't down there in the dark hall like if they're not in the dark hall but i'm not going down the dark hall we don't need to go down there there's there's no need for that nope i'll check it in the morning in the daylight (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna shut lock the door i do have a couple of quick questions i wanted to ask you before we get into more into the actual movies themselves um kind of an idea of what what you prefer in some movies and I'll kind of bounce it back on myself too, and uh, and tell you like the the things that in certain movies, I guess you could say the trope, mm-hmm. so, or or the different ideas, different genres, stuff like that. But still, I want I want your your view on some of these, just real quick. Um, when a character is so obviously dumb that you can't root for him, uh, that kind of takes me out of it. You at least want them to see him make a couple of real life decisions. Kind of makes you go back to that whole more in the character. That whole thing of you have to you have to get into a character and you have to you have to actually like them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, okay. I mean, you think about it. There was probably what Friday Thirteenth, Friday the Thirteenth Part Three on to whenever 
you didn't really care about who was going to kill you. You're more rooting for Jason, like just kind of waiting to see how he's going to do it. Yeah, you're just want, wanting to watch the uh, human weed whacker <laughs> tear his way through I have said this bodies. For, I have said this for a long time. I honestly believe that Jason Voorhees is an artist. <laughs> he never kills you the same way twice. Some of them are pretty over the top, pretty wild, wackadoo crazy. <laughs> but he's an artist in his own right. He's the Van Gogh splatter. <laughs> I best and all time Jason Voorhees kill what he brought sleeping up. Bag. Sleeping bag. Uh, number two guitar to the face in Jason Takes Manhattan. What about that slow ass moving? Uh, the cross, uh, not, it was no, a crossbow. No, it was the, uh, not, I want to say torpedo gun, but that's not the right word for that. Uh, harpoon gun? Harpoon gun. Yeah. You can tell it's on the wire. <laughs> I just move a little to the left, kid. <laughs> well, that being said, um, my first question for you. I thought that was the second question. You already asked eh. me the first question. Question, question B. <laughs> um, Question A part two Gore versus suspense Going back to the last question you asked me When you are like what do you like what do you don't like I can answer this And this is just me Oh yeah, they, I know there just... are a lot of fans of this I cannot stand torture porn um, The original Saw Great mm. film Yeah but um, it was even though it was gory, it was very suspenseful, too. And I know that wasn't the first torture porn film. Uh, I really even wouldn't even put that one I, in I know that there's category. been some in the 80s. Host- I would say Hostel was really the first one that really yeah. got over the top with it. But, you know, it's hey. It's when it created that, like, the next movie wasn't... Uh, okay, they had storied elements. I don't remember any of them. It just became, what's the next gruesome kill? Yeah. And to me, that's a cop-out. That's like, we don't have to write a cool story. We just have to write, put some people in there. Same thing with body count. Yeah. And then everybody's just going to wait till the next scene to see what happens. Yeah. Hey, but you know what? I mean, there are a lot of people that dig that. They do. I, it, like I said, it's just my taste, my personal yeah. preference. Uh, I can't sit down and enjoy that with someone and say, watch this film, like an Evil Dead or yeah. a, a Candyman and say, watch this film. Like, oh, it's, 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 it's twisted. It's going to... Mm. It's going to make you feel a certain way when you leave. The only thing you're going to feel leaving when, like, Hostel is grossed out. Yeah. And. Hey, but that's what you're looking for, man. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. a different gross But out. I asked you what your, your, uh, what your preference was. And, and really, I'm, I'm more suspense myself, really. I do, too. Um, I like suspense. Though I do like a good comedic kill. If it's something. <laughs> uh, uh, I know, okay, we're talking horror movies. But, like we said, you know. Uh, with some of the ones from Friday the 13th or A Nightmare on Elm Street, stuff like that. Like, some of those kills that started getting so over the top that they were just funny. Which, I don't know, in a way, might have... You think about, like, that <laughs> stuff that was going on, like, in the 80s and or 90s. Yeah, might have <laughs> actually been part of where we get now with some of the gruesome stuff. Because they were like, we watched these and they were they were gruesome, but they were comedic. Maybe that's but now, how we get, like, a Shaun of the Dead. Is know. that how we get there? I think Shaun of the Dead or... was made as a true homage to Romero's. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, you it's know, obviously all the Romero work, dead, um, but but I think they also just they just wanted to kind of take it like not make fun of zombie movies, but just kind of take a different view on it. Tucker and Dale, yeah, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, with exactly. the yeah. scary rednecks in the woods. Yeah, but they were the good guys. Yeah, comedy yeah. horrors, comedy I mean, horrors. We, can we be all great. we. we, we Talk a lot about Tremors on here. Yeah. It's a comedy horror film. Yeah. I know you always said you hated Child's Play. Um, <laughs> I love Child's Play. 
I hated it when I was a small little person. I, I think kind of the same thing, like the first one. You know, it, it was, and I think that one actually kind of hit because probably more so because my buddies were the, up. all the, well, all the slasher films. Like I know like in the mid eighties, you start having a whole lot of people get, you know, like, oh, this is too much and we need, you know, censorship and stuff like that because they had so many things. So I think they kind of might've done like a doll instead of a human, instead of a, you know, whatever to make it kind of a little different, which I give them major props on that. Great idea with the voodoo aspect and putting it in a doll. Well, and not only that, to think of how they had to film that the whole time where oh. you had this doll running practical around. Practical effects. 100% all the way. Give me practical effects. Okay. CGI. So I guess you just answered my second one, which was going to be practical effects versus CGI. 100%. Practical effects. You all might the have, way. You might have a frame or two that look a little odd. They look a little different because it's practical effects and doing different mm-hmm. things. But overall, I would much rather have the practical effect. And like I said, I do think of Child's Play. With that, like you have this doll that he was only like 18 inches tall or whatever it was. All animatronic. All animatronic. Or it was him on strings or, you know, different stuff like that. Uh, that they made it work. There was something I've read one time where they said something about the set. The floor to whatever, like the top, like where the uh, like where the couch was, and like the countertops. Yeah, like, it was everything was like two foot taller than what it would have been to make it look more like so you could have. And I believe it was built with a walkway underneath so they could run the puppet. Yeah, so I mean, you got to think about like man, there was some some genius going into yeah. To which those nowadays, yeah, the CGI it'll be CGI them and they'll yeah. be fine. It's yeah. not scary. CGI is not scary. Especially bad 90 CGI. Oh, oh, really? Not up until just like in the last 10 years has it gotten to where... I haven't seen scary... Mm. I don't know how much like Babadook was CGI and all that shit, but it's just not scary. Yeah, the new version of It had a lot of CGI and some of it was pretty good. <sighs> yeah, it was pretty creepy, but you can still see it. Yeah. And it'll take you True. out and you go, oh, I spotted the CG. Okay, so next one. Putting the character in... Something that is a believable event, something that could possibly, maybe, maybe with a huge stretch, but still could be plausible mm-hmm. versus something just so out there that there's no possibly ever going to be in the situation, but it doesn't matter because you're watching a movie about it. Okay. Okay. Like something popcorn fun, like pitch black that's not very scary versus. Mm, I was or- thinking more like, okay, you are never going to be on a spaceship in deep space dealing with a xenomorph from Alien. That's not going to happen to but you. I but I will be scary. an event horizon. But you could be on a really on big Bezos's. boat and a giant shark come after you. Do you get what I'm saying now? Super shark. It's still... <laughs> yeah, it, it can happen. Yeah, shark can get you. you know? That's why Jaws today is still so relevant. It keeps people out of the water. Yeah. It's still, have you ever seen like, them videos where they have like the drive-ins and the people are on the lake in tubes watching Jaws on a big screen? <laughs> F that noise, homie. <laughs> so nope. Do you prefer your your horror movies to be in something that's more plausible or something that's very outlandish, but it kind of yeah. opens the way for new cool stuff? Doesn't matter to me as long as it's a good story. Okay, I mean Fair I, enough. that's Fair kind enough. of a cop out, but Fair enough. Um, like I said, you watch something like Event Horizon, that's a very scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or then something like Halloween, babysitter murders, you know, it's 
either way, as long as the story's got me wrapped up and it's not just ridiculous. I catch myself watching ones that are a little bit more outlandish just because I like to see where they're going to go with it. Like, what what kind of creativity can you come up with? I mean, there's plenty of creativity when you have something like, say, a, a slasher movie that's about a human. Still, some of, the, some of the more out there ones, I like to see where they can come up with things and where they go with like it. Like where so. Scream hit so hard? Because it was probably so, one of the most realistic horror films mm -hmm. yeah i mean yeah very funny very a lot of it's in broad daylight mm -hmm. i do know i saw a thing where i keep saying a thing a thing a thing i John saw Carpenter's a thing i saw a interview where they were talking about after they filmed it they were worried well there was a bunch of reasons that they were worried about whether it was gonna be a success one of, the big things, one of the big things they were worried about was that the villain falls down too much <laughs> <laughs> they're like he's constantly getting knocked down it's so true and they were like who's gonna be scared of that <laughs> he's constantly getting knocked down <laughs> probably anybody that's ever been chased by a real human yeah, with but, a knife yeah, yeah you know says, what? just because they fell down don't mean they ain't getting back up yeah it doesn't mean it's over so that brings me to my next question to, for you monster supernatural or human mm. what's more scary to be the villain alien <laughs> <laughs> alien yeah, you kind of went. Just there's around. one scene in Fire in the Sky that makes that a horror movie. <laughs> no, uh, I'm again, not going to cop out on your questions. Um, and I'm like, said, I'm just asking you what which ones you prefer. I prefer monsters. Are really the ones I prefer. Like the human aspect. Yeah, it's cool because it makes it more believable possible. Um, I hate supernatural ones. I really don't there's like a so lot of supernatural ones because I'm like, oh man, there's nothing I can do. Like, it's unless... like when I watched Mama and I was like, I was really hoping this would be a scary movie and it's not <laughs> mm. <laughs> at all. Uh, man, I don't know. Humans. Uh... Oh yeah. I mean, because the human aspect. Yeah, Silence of the Lambs be... and so The Hills Have shit, Eyes. Yeah. Those ones I think freak me out more. I enjoy monster movies more. I... Yeah. But I get freaked out way more by the human ones. I think I like monster movies just a little bit more. But again, it's kind of what I like to see what they're going to do. And I, I really enjoy it when it's one where you don't see the monster till like right at the end. I don't want to see whatever it is right off the bat. Who would have thought Jeepers Creepers would have become kind of a... Yeah. Got the legs underneath it that it did. Mm -hmm. People went back and started watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I got another one. And this is... <laughs> You're lightning this... around the questionings at Old Kenny today, man. Yeah, well, All right. hey, hey, well, I know you know a whole lot more. You've seen a whole lot more scary movies than I have, even though I'm trying to catch up. I'm definitely in the zone. But uh, some of these were questions I was thinking today. I was like, I was actually scrolling through a bunch of movies, and I was kind of, kind of had them on and wasn't watching them in depth. But I was kind of picking up on like key things from them. And so I'm some trying of them to remember kind of, them from watching. Well, no, I mean I'd seen. Pretty much everyone I'd watched today I'd seen before, but uh, I was kind of picking up on like different things maybe I didn't really notice before. Anyway, so here's one. I know this is a big topic where a lot of people are divided. Okay. I don't think there's a wrong answer here, but I'm still going to ask I bet you. I can find a wrong answer. Slow zombies versus fast zombies. <sighs> oh, gosh. You son of a bitch. Um. <laughs> Question for the ages. Well, I think anybody that says they're more scared of slow zombies is <laughs> full of shit. You think so? How are you, you not scared of the fast zombies? Fast zombie comes at you. 28 Days Later zombie. Yes, 28 Days Later zombie. World War Z zombie. One of them come at you. You're going to see them for about a split second. They're going to eat you and you're going to be dead. 
a slow zombie, you see them coming. Uh, you have long enough to think about it. Things can only bite so fast. Uh, Once they knock you down, everybody gets eaten the same I way. Think about some stuff from, uh, of course, I want to say uh, Not of the Living Dead, but I'm also thinking some stuff a little bit newer. Um, like Shamblin' Zombies, the Shamblers. Just, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, like, okay, well, uh, let's take Walking Dead, for for example. Um, What's Walking Dead? You see them coming. Never heard of it. Or even like some of the parts where things are going wrong and they're trying to fight them off and it's like they'll kill one, but there's like another one that's not there yet, but about to be there. And so you have that like you have that like just enough time to think in your head. Are you just saying it's a slower death? Yeah, it's a roundabout way to say it's a slower death. All right. Put words in my mouth. Fine. I'm not putting words in your mouth. I'm but you're right. Saying, no, you're right. Um, I do. It's fucking, a slower a death. Scary just zo- enough to to think about what's about to happen. A fast zombie is scarier than a slow zombie. Eh. Okay, that's your opinion. That's my opinion, dude. I don't know. I mean, the fast zombies are scary as shit, but a slow zombies. Oh man, like I said, give me that time to think. Just long enough. At least I could try to just outwalk him. If it's a fast zombie, I've got like a hundred yards of you me, say and then that. I'm done. Ski. You say that. What if you're sitting there and all you got left is a knife and they're slowly pushing down, you know, uh, say the fence in front of you and you're up against a brick wall, nowhere to go. Same thing. Fast zombies still apply. Yeah, but they're going to get you a lot quicker. You're going to have a whole lot more time to think with the slow zombies. You could use the knife on your own brain mm-hmm. well, okay. and have time to do it. Okay. All right. Well, that's, there you go. There's I don't know, man. Your, your opinion on the slow versus fast zombies. So one more for uh, you right quick. I was going to say. What? Go my ahead. favorite zombie movie. Oh, yeah. Dawn of the Dead. Okay. I'm sorry, the the remake of Dawn of the Dead. Maybe I'm just a big Ving, Rings, Ving Rhames fan. You're a big Ving Rhames fan? That one kind of brought it back. That one was cool, though. It was good. I liked it. I liked it. The Zack Snyder one, it, you know, it I, breathed a new life into it. And I'm sorry, on, on the subject of zombies, Jason Voorhees is now a zombie. He's super zombie. Yeah, he's got to be, right? Big question for you. Um, I have... I've been sitting here rambling off questions, and this this one just kind of popped oh, in my head. I like questions. Um, Frankenstein's monster, zombie or not? I'm gonna say no. Okay, because he was created. I mean, reanimated corpse, yes, but he was able to learn. Mm, we have other instances where zombies were able to learn. Yeah, but again, that's offshoots of everything okay, uh, okay. If, you, if i was just gonna say is frankenstein's monster you could call him adam you could call him a bunch of different things um i would not consider him a zombie i would create a, I consider him to be a new form of life okay fair enough fair enough okay again just a dude in a chair talking that's no expert yeah, on anything no, I'm I'm not mean, a screenwriter or anything. i just wanted to pick your brain on some of these and just kind of see what you thought because i think a, a lot of people listening will go so they'll either agree with you or they're like, no, man, I really think I kind of feel the other way. Yeah, you're entitled so, to your own opinion. Hey, if nothing else, we'll get everybody listening, kind of thinking a little bit too. So one more, and this one's a difficult question, oh. but I think there could be some legitimacy to it. Hit me, man. Do you think that sequels eventually ruin a horror franchise? I don't think they ruin the franchise. The franchise only becomes or wouldn't be a franchise without the sequels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do think they take away from the original. If you had just standalone, money's money. They're always if something's successful, mm-hmm. they're always going to do a sequel to it. I think it goes into a lot. Uh, 
when you think about the original movie of whatever franchise it was. And we'll just, just add a forsake right now. I'll hit some of the big ones. The Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Streets, Halloween, Child's Play, those ones. The original movie was set very serious. And they were typically more suspenseful or true horror driven. Whereas you had sequels that came out. Typically, they're not directed by the same group. They're not written by the same group. You know, actors change, all that, all that stuff. And I know a lot of times in mid to late 80s, even 90s, and even in 2000s, a lot of times it got more into shock value or just uh, making a play just to do it. And so I, I think, yeah, a lot of times it might make the original of whatever that franchise was seem a little tarnished freddy but... and chucky got goofy and silly mm-hmm. jason just became a creative kill machine mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. michael myers just got tired you yeah. know <laughs> it's just oh. they kill him so many times he pops out of the shark <laughs> so many times and then he every pops out of the darkness he stabs you every pops time out of the darkness, it's, stabs it's you. <laughs> yeah. sent into a sequel or you can't say a reboot, but it's a sequel of the originals. It's just, yeah. oh, that wasn't him. That was this. Oh, that wasn't how you saw it. It was a dream sequence. Shit like that. You know, it's I, 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 I have very little time for that. I think one of the big things to me is you watch all these, and at the end of it, they they kill the bad guy. They kill the monster. They kill the villain. They kill him. It's supposed to be, ah, we're done. Okay, everything's fine. And it's like, oh, jump forward a year from now. Oh, magically, they're back. You know, mm-hmm. so I think that w- that's kind of one of the big things to me that kind of hurts a franchise. But then again, man, you know what? A bunch of them made a lot of money. People go back and watch them. I've watched. I can't tell you how many uh, sequels to different ones I've watched. So, I mean, weren't I, you talking about Jaws earlier? Oh, yes. <laughs> when you want to talk about some sequels that just oh man took a fantastic so, film and went. I down, wrote, I wrote down a, a couple down, ones down. that I wanted to bring up with you that were, uh, I guess, some of the ugly of the horror genres, and one of them was Jaws: The Revenge. Now, some of the other sequels um, got a little out there. Um, Jump the Shark, <laughs> haha. Um, oh, had to say it. You just made a it. dead. Joke. Had to say it. But Jaws: The Revenge, man. I'll never forget watching it. Is that Michael Caine? The first time, yes. And I'm watching it the first time, and Michael when the Caine. shark comes out, it roars. Right? Yes. It sounds like yes. a lion or a tiger or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's not how sharks work. Who was the shark consultant on this that says, okay, how, like, you know how sharks roar, right, Todd? What? what? No. Um, they're, they don't roar? Yeah, they what? do all the time. I see it. <laughs> I heard sharks roar. Our shark's going to roar. But, but then, even crazier than that... And it sh- stopped halfway out of the water. Like, that's how they work, too. Yeah. Like, it can just you be out of water just constantly. Yeah, just, just like... Oh, look at me. That's like, a dolphin. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But what was even crazier than all that? It was, it like, had this uh, psychic connection uh, to, <laughs> to Chief Brody's. Brody's wife. And it's like, what the hell? It's, so now, okay, a really big shark. Do you know what's scary? I totally is believe that. Telepathic roaring sharks. Yeah, a a giant shark. Totally can believe that. Like that's legit. Okay, cool. It happens. A telepathic roaring shark. I don't know if I can get behind that one. 
<laughs> He's even in your dreams. He's a dream demon shark. Yeah. I'm having visions. <laughs> Sharky Kruger. <laughs> yeah, like, what? No. That film was ridiculous. So, we've already mentioned the franchise a couple times, but since we're talking about some bad ones, uh, I'm going to bring up a trifecta. Okay? And that's Friday the 13th, Jason Lives, Jason X, and Jason Goes to Hell. Jason X. He's on a fucking spaceship. You know when movies are made that And then he so... gets upgrades. What? What? I read a thing that the whole reason that film was made was because they were about to lose the rights. So they just, so they one, just had to take a grab. script and just made Jason the killer in space and filmed it on a shoestring budget just so they could, I think it was might have been New Line, retain the rights to Jason. Because they were planning to do Freddy vs. Jason. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. it was running out of time because it had been caught in production hell. So they just took a script, random script out of a box, and said, go film this real quick mm-hmm. so we can hold mm-hmm. on to it. Jason Goes to Hell now has probably one of the best opening scenes to any Friday the 13th movie. Okay. And then the film completely falls apart. Yep. Because you never see Jason again. He's not even in the rest of the movie. No, he's a slug demon creature. And then on top of that, it's like you get this bounty hunter guy that, where were you in any of these other movies uh, that could help out? Because obviously you know that... It's the he knows the lore of Voorhees. Yeah, he knows the he he knows the history. He knows that it uh, has to be a relative, and he magically has this dagger. Like I'm like, what? Really? I'm pretty sure like any of these other characters in any of these other movies would have loved to have known that there was a dagger floating when you around. Talking about MacGuffins, and uh, yeah. there, there again, <laughs> in, in, and yes. that's any film yes. when it's there's some item. But they have to go on a quest for to find mm-hmm. that drives the story rather than the characters. Yeah. The writing's weak as shit. Yeah. And you can spot that from the first 15 minutes into the film. Yeah. Eh, I'd say I take that back. Usually about the first 30 minutes is when that gets introduced. And yeah, Jason goes to hell. Magic daggers. Magic daggers. And they kill this demon. Mm-hmm. And then Jason Lives was just was just terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so... um. Yeah, they, they kind of dropped the ball on some of the Friday the 13th ones. But, eh, you know what? Guess what? I can tell you I've watched Jason X multiple times. Because it at least the, made me laugh. The liquid nitrogen scene. <laughs> made me laugh. And it brings back the sleeping bag scene. <laughs> hey, if you're going to introduce somebody, say Jack gets a little bit older, okay. still not a teenager. Okay. What do you think you start him off on? Hmm. Well, are we talking like... Like hocus pocus, yeah, yes, <laughs> like exactly, exactly. Because like I mean, it's just just scary. To say a scary like, movie, we're talking horror movies, but let's say a little bit scary movie. Okay. There's okay. some parts in hocus pocus that can be scary for a younger viewer. Well, yeah, they're trying to suck the uh, the life force out of children. So, I mean, yeah, it's kind of kind of freaky. It's a wonderful film to introduce children to mm-hmm. with the holiday season and stuff. Mm-hmm. Until you have to explain what the hell virgin is. <laughs> Because they say it That's a thousand true. times in that film. And That's eventually true. you have the kid look over and go, what's a virgin? What's virgin? And you're like, That's true. never been kissed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I don't know because uh, I'm trying to think of some of those ones. Would they I, I would put them in black flame candle. to scary movies, quote unquote. Maybe not necessarily horror movies. Like, uh, I think. Beetlejuice. 
Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice has some real scary shit for a um, young one. Nightmare Before Christmas could have some stuff that might be a little little freaky uh, to some younger children. The witches um, has some scary ass scenes yeah. in it with <laughs> practical effects again. True, true, true. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I would think those ones would kind of round out that group of early introduction. Um, I might would go. I would go as far. I would go as far to introduce a scary movie to a kid, say about eight, ten. Mm-hmm. Gremlins. Mm-hmm. See, I was um, thinking critters. Maybe. I was thinking Critters was a little bit more gruesome than... It's got some gruesome... Eh. I mean, I think it's like hamburger meat, really. Well, yeah, but you gotta also think of the mind of a child, too. Oh, yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we so were down we were... for what I was trying to get Clark to watch a scary movie with me. I'm like, just come watch a scary movie with me. And we start flipping through. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, what's this? And I'm like, oh, Scream's got... Uh, it's a little bit sexualized and things like that. Yeah, and then I was like, "Critters, yes." And she goes, "Okay, I'll watch Critters." And then I popped up the, the box work, the little artwork. box work. Yeah. yeah, the artwork for it, the poster. And she saw it and goes, "Nope." It's like, "No, no, no." It's actually funny. It's funny. It's really, it's goofy. Nope. And I was like, "Oh, that I guess that is pretty scary to a kid." Mm, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know a good one. Arachnophobia. That's underrated. That's a fun thrill ride of a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't but- beat Jeff Daniels. But arachnophobia, arachnophobia is scary, man. Yeah. Especially if you don't like spiders. Yeah. Obviously, arachnophobia. Still checking under the toilet seat. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. And you could even go as far back as, like, make them watch the birds. I'm big. I I think Hitchcock has some great... Nowadays, kids are so desensitized. True. Not the first True. person to ever say this, but they're desensitized to a lot of this. I mean, shit, if a kid's walking through behind the parents while they're watching Walking Dead, they've seen way more gruesome things in a five-second clip than they ever would see watching a Hitchcock yeah, film. Yeah, but you know what? If I think of a kid ever sat down and watched, uh, say, The Birds or even Psycho, um, and could get past the whole black and white and the old school, like, got past that. They would really get just... bored in the first 30 minutes because it's building the characters, Maybe. and that's not... Maybe, maybe not. There's been a lot of slow burn good horror movies, well, but I think if you could get a kid down and sit down and watch it and kind of get that out of their head with a lot of the old school stuff, I think once they really saw it, they're like, oh, it's literally birds just went crazy and are attacking for no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. That could be really creepy. I mean, obviously, Psycho. There's uh, a couple of scenes be, in there. Yeah, could definitely be. I mean, that's the original. Tippy Hedren's getting like in the attic where she was really getting attacked by the birds and when mm-hmm. she's in the phone mm-hmm. booth and mm-hmm. things are exploding and people are getting their eyes pecked out. And it's like, that's, that's that heavy, man. Yeah. That is heavy. Well, uh, okay. I got one for you. Check this out. Okay. And not necessarily something to show kids, but in the, in the <laughs> I vein. I like how we're talking about, so what, uh, what do you show a kid to scare the hell out of them? <laughs> no, no, we're I'm getting not. prepared. I, same thing. Because you know what? I, I firmly believe if you completely shield them, from anything horror related, that's gonna make it worse. Yeah, I was like, what's gonna happen the first time you go to a slumber party and everybody's wanting to watch something scary, and you can't enjoy the fun? Now, if it's something stupid, they shouldn't be watching. That's a different. Oh, yeah, you know, they don't need to be watching Hellraiser. No, <laughs> no. I had watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre here not so long ago, and uh, Eli Kobe Roth Hooper. has a has a special. That he does, uh, I think it's called like History of Horror or something yeah. like that. Uh, oh, it's really cool. cool, man! It's a cool show. Like I, I totally dig it. 
Um, and I'd watched an episode and he made a comment or actually it might've been one of the other guests he had on there. But anyway, they made a comment in it. So I went back and watched the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre and they brought up a really good point. Gunner Hanson. Where they were talking about that there's a whole lot of times that things happen in that movie that's, it's implied. They don't show it. Think that's about it. That's filmmaking 101. Is when, well, but I mean, like, think about whenever, like, he picks uh, the one uh, character, I think, I think it's a female. Uh, picks him up and puts him on the meat hook. Right. You don't actually see the meat hook. You don't hook see go the hook going in. You just hear the. When you see, you know, multiple times of him hitting him with a chainsaw or an axe or something like that, you actually don't see a lot of that gore and whatever. It's just more implied, which in my mind kind of is more psychological and almost worse, oh, I guess. Yeah, when he hits old boy with the hammer, it's yeah. the sound editing. It's kind of, mm-hmm. you, can't, you don't mm-hmm. see it like close up like they would show now. It's the sound editing that just might made people get sick in the theaters. So here's this movie that is is totally fucked up. I mean, I mean, it, it, <laughs> oh, it is so yeah out there. But you think about it, it really wasn't as gory and crazy as what a lot of stuff that was even around the same time. I think you're onto something there. So, but, well, I'm not. A, you know, Roth was. <laughs> he was the one that brought it up. But I was like, you know what? You're right. That, that I didn't, Eli I never Roth. Thought about it. Like, never thought of something like that. going for him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he understands horror. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also sitting around with like uh, Rob Zombie and uh, uh, what's his name from Walking Dead and like a couple other people. Uh, Greg like, Nicotero? Yeah, it's like he's sitting around with like these great, great people that have been on all this horror stuff. Horror like, oh, icons. Great. Yeah, I'm like, oh yeah. Want to be sitting around there for a minute. Yeah, it'd be great. So moving out of more adolescent horror films into things into films I think were great introductions and this is again just my perspective of it mm-hmm. The Lost Boys scary scenes in The Lost, Lost Boys, Boys can be pretty creepy man they can identify with that if they're a young adult a teenager a tween yeah there was a lot of freaky stuff moving to a new town The Lost Boys yeah, yeah. So just take vampires out of the whole thing move into the new town the gang of bad kids wants you to roll with them you want to impress them it's causing animosity with the family there's a whole lot of it a whole lot of storyline in that that has nothing to even do with vampires. They get to be a regular, uh, a regular family dealing with regular stuff. Really, if you think about it, yeah, yeah. Okay, I follow you. Fright Night, same thing. A lot of that could be. Why are these all single moms in vampire movies? Oh, she was a single mom in Fright Night, I, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Charlie Brewster. Yeah, yeah, and. Jerry Dandridge is one of the coolest on-screen vampires. True. He was just totally in control the whole time. Um, speaking of characters yeah. being in control all the whole time, uh, I saw a thing. Uh, damn it, I did it again. I saw a thing. I saw <laughs> an interview thing I saw. with Kane Hodder, who played Jason, Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. And he always talked about one of his biggest things whenever he was portraying the character. He was like, I always wanted to look like I was in control. He said, so one of the big things was I never, ever looked down at where I was going or what was around me or worried about, like, once I picked up a weapon, never, never looked at it, never paid attention to it. It was always just a part of him. Just like, yep, like always, like I'm always in control. That was part of his whole Jason Voorhees mantle was he knew exactly what he was doing, exactly what he was going to do, exactly how he was going to do it. Here he is. This is a, that unstoppable force, and boom, just in control. He's a machine. Yep. 
Yeah. Which I always thought that was really cool. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you there. Jason, no, I guess he's kind of the Terminator in horror movie. True. Which I wouldn't consider Terminator a horror movie before we even get into that. Um, so, you know what we did watch? And maybe a little intense, but it didn't seem to go over poorly, was we watched Poltergeist. Okay. Okay. That's another one of those staples of cinema when it's on you just stop and watch poltergeist you don't change it the first one how did that go over though because that's got some pretty there was yeah. scenes i'd watched it enough times to go okay go over into the hallway for a minute close your eyes for a minute okay yes okay right. of course the clown scene because i don't want to deal with that trauma mm-hmm. i can't i can't mm-hmm. deal with that mm-hmm. stuffed animals in the room and i then... told you about my whole thing with clowns right <laughs> they scared the crap out of me until i was at a circus, uh, we taken a school field trip. We go to a circus, and we're sitting up in the stands, we're watching what's going on. I think the elephants were actually on. Um, we're sitting there watching the show, and out of nowhere, this clown just pops up in front of me, <laughs> and literally gets in my face. And you can't see because I got my hands up right now. And goes <laughs> at me, and instinctively, I just punched him in the nose. Oh! And when I did, it made the. Sound. No way. Like oh, yeah. in Uncle oh, Buck? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just a... Get back in your mouth. Now, keep in mind, I was like probably 10 or something like that at the time. He just kind of laughed it off and That clown should have known better but than you know just what? pop up in somebody's face. You know face. what? That was my time when I was like, I stood my ground. I did my thing. Clown wasn't going to take me down. No. You took back your I power. <laughs> I took my power. <laughs> that, clowns never bothered me again. Honest to God. Honest to God. Truth. Because you punched one. <laughs> I punched one right in the nose oh, and I'll man. never forget that. Punch him when you're going, wah, wah. Just trying to bring joy to some children. <laughs> well, don't jump in my face. I guess it wouldn't matter if it had been a clown if it had just been the popcorn my... salesman's like, hey, kid, you know, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> this is my bubble. Tagged him. Get out of my bubble. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Do you know, while I was watching Poltergeist, though, I got to bring this up because it, me, it makes me laugh every time I watch this damn movie is... That <laughs> Craig T. Nelson, arguably one of the best, there's not a lot of them, horror movie dads oh, in cinema history. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Right off the bat, he believes. Shit's wrong. Like The oh, kids okay. and the wife and everything that's going on instead of the stereotypical horror movie dad that's only in the third act goes, oh yeah, shit's going down. Or he gets taken over, possessed. Uh, yeah, he's the monster. And he becomes the monster. The Shining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he shining, is uh, there to horror. there yeah. to protect his family, mm-hmm. doing everything mm-hmm. he can, going crazy, stays home from work, trying to figure shit out, trying to figure shit out and protect the family. So mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. dad. Except for the thing that makes me laugh, and it happens two or three times in the film, is he carries his fucking car keys in his back pocket. What kind of psychopath does that? Yeah, that's weird. he's never sat down before. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's one of the, now. He's, every time he's you, a stander. Every, every now and time then, you watch that, notice whenever when he's panicking, going for the keys two or three times in the film, they end up being like his left back pocket. Which I don't know about you, but if I need my phone, okay, because I'm sure you're like me. Like you have your pocket, like you have your phone pocket. You Everything have your goes in the pocket, same you spot. Whatever. So when it comes time, panic time, and I need to grab something, <laughs> I don't. Have to fidget around figuring out where it's at. I know exactly where it's at. Like, yeah. I know exactly which pocket. I'm, I'm not going saying for. I'm beyond losing my car keys. Oh no, I lose my car keys all the time. But, but when they're in my pocket, I know which pocket they're, they're in. Yeah, they're always in the right front pocket. Never mm-hmm. have I ever put my car keys 
especially back then because it wasn't a fob. These were jangly keys. <laughs> Spiky. <laughs> Hurt you when you sit down keys. Ouch. Sticks. You know, I could like, use this to defend against the poltergeist. <laughs> jagged <laughs> piece of metal. <laughs> yeah. And they're in his back pocket. And I'm like, the, the ghost never knocked him on his ass, I guess, while he mm. was in the house or he wouldn't make that same mm. mistake twice. <laughs> so, yeah, now watch it every time you go, Kenneth was right. Look at that dumb shit. Hmm. He's just out there fidgeting, fiddling around in his pockets. Like, in the back pocket. <laughs> Drives me up the wall every time I watch that film. Okay. So, uh, one of the big things that drives me up the wall is I've talked multiple times with you, and I think I've even referenced it on the podcast a couple of times, about a, a couple other movies that I've watched that I've told you you need to watch. And you don't, you haven't got around to it yet. Okay. Um, one, Train to Busan, one of the greatest zombie movies of all time. I'm bad. They're fast zombies. Ooh. So, maybe, so you know, whatever. But great, great movie. And another one was uh, As Above, So Below. Where a group of uh, makeshift archaeologists basically are going down and they're going to scope out the catacombs. And they find themselves... Catacombs. They find themselves uh, traveling to hell. And they're going through the different levels. Like Dante's Inferno? Yeah. And so, two that I really wish you would would check out. uh, And that I would advise anybody that either likes either one of those. Either a zombie movie or a psychological... Total mind fuck, really. Movie, go check the either one of those two out. Um, but as we're getting closer to the end of our episode, I was gonna say, how about we do a little lightning round oh. of scary movies, and we can just bring bring them up and uh, kind of bounce them off each other and see what each other thinks real quick. How about that? I'm down. So I'll start with one. Remember, in this, there is no wrong answer. I'm just asking your opinion. The happening. No. <laughs> Plain and simple, no. It's and, the trees. It's the trees. <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg is a scientist. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, when Not- talking Shyamalan, uh, I actually liked The Village. A lot of people hate on it. I liked The Village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And not going to say I'm going to die on that hill, but I, I like The Village. The twist, it, it, at least the movie kind of makes sense. The happening, there's no way to defend that. No, there's no rhyme or reason why any of this is happening. It probably sounded good one night talking to friends. Yeah. What if it was the trees and the gas they were emitting or a pheromone that caused humans to make themselves go extinct? Yeah, but it was really... That's creepy. Yeah, it was really that big of a difference between that and the birds. Nature taking us out? Yeah. No. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Your turn. Okay. Uh, The Descent. Mmm. Creepy as hell. Some scary monsters, but the monsters weren't even really the big baddies of the movie. It was really more just what you were doing. Everything that's going on. And her treacherous friend that was... Mm, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, The Descent. That, that was a creepy one. Um, Leprechaun. <laughs> I love Leprechaun. Again, the first one. <laughs> yeah, Leprechaun. The, of course, again, another one of those franchises that kind of get a little out there later on. But the original one... Was just like so. Just dis- watching Warwick Davis chew scenery mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. fantastic. It takes itself seriously enough until it doesn't. Then I mean, it's yeah, enjoyable yeah. to watch. It's mm-hmm. funny. I like I like Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Leprechaun's a thumbs up for me. All right, I like Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, the Crazies with Timothy Oliphant. 
Which one was the crazies again? Oh, wait. The crazies was where the people became zombies because the water was polluted. There was a plane went oh, down with yeah. uh, okay. Okay. toxic okay. waste or something in the water supply. Um, and so then the whole town starts going crazy. Not my favorite, uh, I guess you would say, virus movie or uh, outbreak-ish movie. Um, definitely had some some good points to it. Um, I think... There were other ones that, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about the zombie whole thing, and really, I guess zombies really kind of, it's whether you want animated, reanimated life, or you want zombies in the fact of... Virus zombies. Virus zombies were, it's not them anymore, it's the virus taking control. Um, Yeah, that one wasn't my, my favorite one. Not that memorable to you? Didn't uh, stand out? Yeah, I think, uh, I think I would... I think actually I would take like a 28 days later or something like that over. over Fair that. enough. Yep. Um, Children of the Corn. There ain't nothing creepier than kids as the bad guy. No. You don't agree? I agree. No, I do agree. Children are <laughs> creepy as shit. That's why the little gauge in Pet Cemetery was so creepy. Pet Cemetery, uh, Omen, Children of the Corn, uh, Exorcist, <laughs> uh, like all them. It's uh, all for you, Damien. When it's the kid. No, oh yeah. I think oh. it's like lost some luster over the years, but still, yeah. still solid. In it's a in good solid entry. Res- yeah, I think so. Needs to be held up there and respected with with horror. Wouldn't put it on the Mount Rushmore of horror movies, but it's no. definitely in a conversation to be had. Much like Cujo. See, you know, I'll say this about Cujo. Cujo was one of those that uh was a psychological, a physical. And a mental fuck, because you had the you had the creature was which was totally a real life. I mean, it was a dog. I mean, mm-hmm. it could easily it was happen. old yeller. Um, you had <laughs> all the stuff, too far. All the stuff she was going through. Oh yeah, beforehand. In the novel the spoiler alert in the mm-hmm. novel the little boy dies. Yeah. They didn't do that in the film, but he dies in the car. And I mean, all the stuff that she was uh, left the husband or whatever. Or, you know, all the stuff that was going on. Then they were stuck in the car. They were having to deal with starvation, thirst. Uh, overheat, all that kind of stuff too. But you know what? She finally hit her point where she finally stood up and was like, "Nope." I'm like gonna, you talked about earlier, said enough. Enough is enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with it. You know. Uh, so Cujo to me was one of those that was. I, I read. I never finished the book. I got pretty far into it, but I never finished it. But the movie was pretty good. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Oh, the way Stephen King takes the family nucleus and turns it on itself and twists all these fears you would have as a parent like the shining is about what if the father turned on the mm-hmm. family that's mm-hmm. supposed to be mm-hmm. the protector okay ooh, you got a good one i like this scary vampires again 30 days a night mm. Mm. yes solid that vampire yes. Mi- yes. movie yes that one was good now of course oh fudge what was his josh hartnett josh hartnett phenomenal actor yeah, and see him in that, like, oh, yeah, that was a great one. And, and really cool, The again, the twist at the end. It's like, oh, oh, oh. yeah. Yeah, Third Days of Night, definitely enjoyed that one. Just while we're talking Josh Hartnett, if you've never seen Penny Dreadful, the series, was was freaking good. Damn good, too. Really good. Damn good. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so that brought back scary vampires. It did. You're right. And brutal, brutal vampires made them more... Ravenous the, and animalistic. The kind of big mouth, uh, sharp teeth, just... Type vampires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, rare exports. Yes. I know this we... one is a very obscure movie. Uh, a lot of people probably have not seen it because I think it was actually like a... Came out of New Zealand or something like that. Or, uh, anyway, it, it was a foreign it film. Wasn't, no, it wasn't New Zealand. It was it was a foreign film of some kind. Um, but the whole premise was, and help me out here. Well, New I'm, Zealand because it's not icy. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, wherever it came from, uh, the whole idea was <laughs> New Zealand's that these people there started South. finding these uh that like this homeless man and he was kind of. Kind of, sort of impersonating Santa, and coming to find out, he was supposed to be an quote unquote elf, and then things went totally off the rails from there. And it was, it was definitely a very freaky movie, something way different than I'd ever seen before. I was, I was very impressed with it. That's a Finnish film. From Finland, it's not. Sorry, dude, my bad, my bad. You don't know where New Zealand is, do you? I am not geographically correct. My bad. (laughs) Still, rare exports, good movie. They're neighbors to Australia. Anyway, okay, so rare exports, Christmas film, horror film, much in Mm -hmm. the same vein as like Black Christmas, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm -hmm. Gremlins can Mm -hmm. walk both worlds, walk between both worlds. True. As being a Christmas film and a horror film. Yeah. And Die Hard. <laughs> Depending on who's Jack asking. Jack Frost. <laughs> no. Okay. We've gotten this whole episode and I haven't brought up one of my favorite, favorite, favorite of all time horror films. Yep. An American Werewolf in London. Okay. Special effects 1981, were Rick Baker. Off the Wall. The uh, first... Uh, film to win an Academy Award for special effects still holds up today as the best werewolf transformation on film. Uh, yeah, which I, will I would never agree. because of CGI. They're never going to equal it. No, new, no, no, that was just insane. But totally love that film from start to finish. It's not a long movie, and has a lot of humor for a horror movie, like a, a ton of humor. Yeah, yeah. Most of it's dark humor, but it's. Funny as shit. It was still just a good, it's a good watch, man. It, yeah, it it it's aged well too. It still to this day is a great movie to watch. Yeah, uh, everything in that film is great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even Nazi werewolves and dream sequences, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of dream sequences at all. But I let that one go. So you so were never a fan of the Friday Thirteenth or I'm, that gimmick, Nightmare on Elm Street. I keep doing that. Sorry. Don't do that. The whole. The whole film is supposed to be dream sequences. It's not dream sequences. It's really happening. It's not like, oh, I woke up and had this imaginary thought that's affecting me while I'm turning into a werewolf. They were being killed in their dreams. But while we're talking werewolves, let's get back to that. Okay. Okay. Yes. I think it's time to do the thing. All right. Let's do it. Let's do the thing. It's time for Search Engine Results. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for that part of the show where I ask Keith a question that I have found out from the all-powerful internet after doing some scouring. Um, This one, probably more relevant to our last episode about monsters, but uh, damn it, we're going to roll it into this episode about horror movies. Hey, why not? It's our show. Horror movie monsters. We were just talking about American Werewolf in London, the greatest werewolf film of all time. Agreed. All right. My question for you tonight, Keith. Okay. Why does silver kill monsters? Oh. Why is silver the monster killer? Okay. A. 
it's electrically conductive. Hmm. B, it's antibacterial. Okay. Or C, because of its density. Hmm. Um. Well? Think about it for a second. I... I'm... I'm not a... What was that term? Metallurgist? Metallurgy? (laughs) Metallurgy, whatever you say that. You're Uh, not a metal man. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it's not the densest metal. It's not the heaviest. Uh, so I'm going to exonate that one. Uh, and the other two were... Because it's electrically conductive or because it's antibacterial. Ooh. Um... Hmm. Why does silver kill monsters? Man, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of narrow things down. Here, uh, I don't see the reason. Like, okay, it's it conducts electricity. Like, that's that's I'm sorry, great, it's a but... shit question, but I did. Eh. We're going with it. I'm going full tilt boogie. Well, no, 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 that's a good question. I'm just. Thinking to myself, it's trying, a question I'm try- I thought, and then I had to track it down. I'm trying to be logical here, like, uh, okay, that like that's cool that it conducts electricity, but what does that really have to do with killing monsters? But then again, the bacteria thing, I'm like, uh, uh, so electricity versus killing bacteria. Uh, let me. Can I give you kind of a cheat here? I'm sure. You want to phone a friend? Sure. Um, phone a friend. <laughs> yes. <laughs> think line. about in the aspects of how people in olden times would have thought. If that makes it a little bit more clear on the direction of the train of thought. Oh. Is how would people back in olden times, why would they have thought that silver was good against monsters, vampires, werewolves, the undead, anything supernatural? Okay. Well, um... I'm gonna go with. I think I'm gonna go with the bacteria thingy. That it's an antibacterial. Uh, yeah, because I mean, back in the old days, they didn't have anything to combat it. They didn't even know about soap and stuff. So, <laughs> okay, sure, why not? Let's go bacteria. You are correct, sir. No shit. You are correct. Yes. Okay. Cool. It's ah. because uh, the use of silver has been used in medicines that dates back thousands of years because. Um, it has antibacterial qualities, so it was used in surgeries. It was used to, if you put silver in with your fruit and vegetables, it would last longer. Ooh. It has the property of the ions of silver disrupt the membranes of bacteria and kill them. So it makes things last longer. So it was seen as a life-giving metal. Also, gold and silver were associated with God because they're naturally occurring metals and not created by man because Ooh. of the metallurgy. Okay. So I actually was kind of... You were totally... Well, yeah. You, no. you, you hit the nail on the head with Look it. Look at yeah. me. It was seen to prolong life. It's associated with the moon as a moon metal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So okay. nighttime gives monsters their power. I never even thought about so that. So yeah. right. you would use fire to kill... Fight fire with fire. Yeah. So yes, actually, because of its antibacterial qualities, it was thought to be more harmful to supernatural creatures. Well, what do you know? Now, Hmm. little side note, silver does actually have the highest electrical conductivity of all metals. Okay. 
Um, what other metals are compared against it? On a scale of 0 to 100, silver ranks at 100 with copper at 97 and gold at 76. So it's Those more, there, yeah. Yeah, oh. more conductive than <clears throat> silver uh, than gold or copper. Now, yeah, you were, you were right. I was hoping you would like know that silver's very malleable and doesn't yeah, stand knew, up well yeah, to damage. I, yeah, I knew that, but I was like, mm, what? So that answer was total horseshit. But yes, it's the antibacterial properties that were seen as a life-giving metal. Well, maybe I'm not as dense as silver. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was bad. You dense fool. That was bad. You hey. Dunce. On that note, uh, I think it's time for us to go and call it, call it a night. Let's wrap it up. This has been a good episode. Yeah. Had fun talking horror movies with you. And I think it's about to storm, actually. Mm-hmm. Last episode, we had the full moon and howling winds. Tonight, it's actually about to storm, so that's that's pretty cool. Damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah on, on that note, everybody out there in listener land, thanks for listening to The Random Men. Mm-hmm. Y'all be sure and subscribe so you know when new episodes are dropping. Be sure and leave us a review down there in the box because we really appreciate it it helps us out a bunch helps us out a bunch let us know what you'd like for us to talk about here on the random men and until next time i'm kenny i'm keith and remember to keep off the moors